talking about you uh, how you got the acting bug and um, you say you come from a military background and everything right yeah yeah so I'm not sure where we uh, left off but I'll just let you like you know I'll just go through it again um, my family we were military and we moved around a lot so I found that I could always connect with people in the community theater programs really well it was a place where people kind of put down their inhibitions and their their fear of connecting and they were you were able to really connect with people on a a much deeper level right and uh at our church we always did passion plays and um stuff around easter and around christmas growing up and i was always game to be part of those right so with um and, and were you actually living in um were you guys living in Toronto then? Is that where you originally from? No, I was born and raised mostly in Calgary, in Calgary, Alberta. Ah, okay. Yeah, okay. pretty similar to you guys out there in Texas. I know we're trying to figure out, and and including myself, um, where where is that actually? Um, it's just north of Seattle. It's like it's uh, it's part of the Rocky Mountains. You guys have the Rocky Mountains, Colorado, and stuff like that. So it's just north, just north of there. It, it yeah, it's Western Canada, like Midwestern Canada. Got you. Is there um were there any um other people that were um that had the acting bug, maybe in the family or anything like that? Well, you know the family. Not really. I mean, my family always had an artistic flair to them, but they always ended up doing something more practical. Like my dad's an amazing saxophone player and my mom was a fantastic makeup artist. She did prosthetic makeups and she still does face painting for events and stuff. But um, they joined the military and my sister, who's quite artistic, too, she works in uh, uh, wetland restoration out in in Alberta now, too. They all have like you know, cool jobs, but not in the arts. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, when you, when, when, when did you actually like start to get into film? I started to get into film. I mean, I dabbled with it a bit in high school The like some of the kids were making their own little short films and stuff. And a director I still work with here, actually Brendan Prost. He's very, he's a very talented uh, director here in Toronto. He, I was in his very first feature film in, uh, <laughs> I had a tiny little part in uh, high school. And then I went out to Europe and I was accepted to this program Um at the Prague Film School in the Czech Republic. They had an amazing pilot program happening for acting for film. And I had been applying for schools for a little while. I was applying to both music schools and directing schools. And this pilot program came up that was specifically for acting. It was the first of its kind in uh, Central Europe. So I applied and 
I was one of 10 actors selected from around the world to participate in this program. And I went and had an amazing time. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. That's got to be like, to me, that's, that's, that's really amazing. Cause it's like, you get an opportunity to, um, to, to work with so many different, different people, you know, with movies and, and, all, all different type of stuff. And, and you also, um, you also do your stunt professional as well. Yeah. I've started my stunt career, um, and I've been training really hard and, you know, a couple coordinators have been uh, like, you know, trusting enough to, to take a chance on me and they've loved my work and I've loved working with them. So I, I feel very lucky because it's a cool part of the industry that doesn't get, uh, I don't think it gets enough recognition for what these people actually go through. Yeah. You know what? It's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because it's not really a lot of light that's, um, that's shined on that. Why, why do you think that's so though? Well, I mean, even when you're credited as a stunt professional, if you're a double, you're kind of credited as a stunt double and they never want to see your face, which is interesting because I don't really know why. I mean, maybe because we want to have an emotional attachment to the actors that are playing these characters. And, you know, especially on these Marvel movies and superhero movies and stuff, a lot of these stunt doubles are doing a lot of the work for these actors and creating their character. I I mean, I say this very carefully because a lot of actors work very hard and do as much stunts as they can and would do more if production would allow them to. But also for liability reasons, for certain productions, they want a stunt double because they don't want anything happening to the actor. So I don't know why there's not more light shed on it. I, I, I think it's a really interesting part of the uh, film industry. And a lot of my favorite people that I've ever met are stunt people. You know? Right. Do you think that, um, so I'm, I'm more than sure that, of course, the... Um, the financial aspect of it is a little bit different because I'm pretty sure that, you know, stunt professionals get paid pretty good, but nowhere near what what the actual actor is, is making them sure. Actually. I mean, I don't know what the States or the rates are like in the States, but stunt coordinators and stunt professionals make almost double what actors make here in Canada. Yeah. It's a much higher pay grade. Um, maybe not for like a contract with a star, but if you're hiring me as an actor for a principal role, or if you're hiring me as a stunt professional for the same amount of days on set, I'm going to make double or triple the money I would make as a stunt professional, which I think is right because you're putting your life in danger oftentimes. Right. So can we, for, for the listeners, can we, can we talk about the difference between, um, principal and, Can we break that down? Yeah, absolutely. So this is how it works in Canada. Um, It's a little different in the States, and I'm just learning a little bit more about how it works in the States. But this is kind of how it works in Canada and Europe, where I've worked. Uh, You've got your leads, which are the stars you'll see in movies, and you have supporting. And then if it's TV, you have recurring, which is a, a person that recurs in multiple episodes. You have a guest star, which could be like a cameo in one episode with a big feature. So uh, a guest star is usually like, you know, a, a, a named celebrity or somebody who has some sort of notoriety in, a, in an interesting and cool role that the episode is featured around. And then principal is just kind of under supporting. It can be looped in with supporting. 
and uh, they're large roles. So these are like the best friends of the leads or like the antagonists or, and it just relates to how many days you have on set or how many lines you have. Uh, here in Canada, if you're an actor role, it's five lines or under. And then we also have like silent uh, actor roles, which usually come with some sort of special skill set or prosthetics or whatever. And then you also have uh, your background performers and your special skills extras, which is SSE rates. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, it's uh, it's it, it's it's a lot of um, it's a lot of hours that's being put into um, to being a stunt a stunt professional and an actor and um, the the hours. I mean, I don't think people a lot of people kind of realize um the hours that's put in and, and the days uh months and years um into actually uh developing a movie yes absolutely and all of the professionals like there's the actual movie and then there's the training that all the professionals have had to come to that point to be able to make that movie so i mean it every 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 script every project you worked on is different sometimes people find the money right away and then it goes straight to production um, and sometimes you spend years and years and years looking for funding and looking for financing. And many amazing films that we have today were rejected many, many, many times for funding before they finally found the right person to fund the project and get it made. And, you know, it's just, it's an amazing tale of perseverance. I'm sure it's similar in, in music industries and stuff too. It's like, you know, I'm just so grateful for these artists and these people that believe in their projects and keep persevering because if they didn't persevere, then we wouldn't have these amazing projects that we enjoy and that shape our lives, you know? Right. If we could touch a little bit um, off of the subject, I, I, I just wanted to get your take on, um, on the industry um, from a woman's perspective. Um, how do you feel about um, the entertainment business as far as um, from a woman's perspective do you think that um, because you know it's a lot of stuff that's that's been going on yeah in the last months or whatever um, have you ever have you ever had to face um, any of any of these um, situations that that's been popping up and, and occurring well I'll answer your question in two parts first of all what I think is happening in the industry with women is phenomenal I think it's great that you know femininity and the divine feminine powers finally being recognized in Hollywood and and it's it's percolating into other industries in the world I see it happening in finance and everything and I just I think it's amazing that gender parity is actually becoming a palpable tangible thing in our um in our industry and it's trickling down into the rest of the world uh and many other industries. Uh, I'm part of a female-led MMA fight film right now called Excelsius. And we talk a lot about women in film and the fact that we're one of the first um, female-led films in the drama sport movie genre. And we're sort of taking over that genre because it didn't really exist other than Million Dollar Baby. And I just, I think it's phenomenal that there's so much support from both men and women um to have women highlighted in the industry right now i think it's important because you know what, what what's one without the other we need gender parity in the world there's a reason we both exist and and that non-binaries exist too like all these perspectives are very very um 
influential and important and need to be expressed. And as far as me dealing with any of this stuff, I mean, of course I have, I'm a, I'm a woman in the film industry. I think it's everybody's dealt with some sort of harassment or something at one point or another. And I've also dealt with it in other areas of my life, not just in the industry. And I have to say that ever since the Me Too movement, I feel a lot safer on set. I feel more respected. My voice is heard more. I don't have to push as much for my opinion to be heard. And I'm just respected as a human being in the industry rather than something to be conquered or a prize or a, or a thing to be used. You know what I mean? Right. So do you, do, do you, do you think that, um, do you think that, that, some of some of the allegations or whatever do do you think that um some of them could be false because like i i just um i don't know like you know like with so many years going by i mean do do you think that yeah yeah i get what you're saying and that's a brave question to be asking and i think it's an important question to ask because you know it's tough to say like that's that's a hard question to answer and I would say that there's a lot of stuff coming out of the woodwork that has you know like you said there's a lot of time that has passed and there's a lot of things that people have had to deal with in this industry that were just so normal for so long, like considered normal. And I'm saying normal with quotation marks and they weren't, they were downright, they were, they were abusive and they wouldn't have been accepted in other industries. And I think that some of these allegations may have been exaggerated over time, but it's sort of probably a compounding of feelings like a pressure cooker, you know, Right. Where like, you know, had it been the norm and had there been channels and avenues for people to be able to speak up and speak out without being threatened or 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 fired or abused further, then maybe the allegations wouldn't have been as bad. But because they've sat for so long, then they're finally coming out, you know. Right. Right. You know, so. I wanted to um, to ask you to. was it was it hard was it hard for you to um to like make the adjustment as far as with working with um big celebrities and stuff like that 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 you know coming into the game did was it easy for you to make the transition to being able to be normal and and to be able to um really be focused on your your craft cuz you know how you know how people have you get starstruck and stuff when you get around people and stuff like that. And it might affect your. your yeah, absolutely. That. I know what you're talking about. You know, yeah, there was, a, of course, there was a transition period. But after a while, you just you just realize that everybody's a person. They're a human being. We wake up, we go to bed, we eat food, we we need to sleep. We have bodily functions like you're just a human being at the end of the day. And the more that you can meet anybody you come across on a human level the better your quality of life and your relationships are going to be and when you're on camera when the camera's rolling all that matters is that human connection right right that's that's it there's nothing else that matters that's what we 
all pay our money to go see films for. That's why we buy records. All of that stuff is because we we're, we're searching for a human connection. We want that feeling. So the more that you can tap into that, the better when you're dealing with these people and just being yourself, being grounded in your own, in your own body. Um, and every, I mean, as far as celebrities go, it's just like people, every, everyone is different and everyone has had, is coming to you with a different background with, you know, they could have had a really crappy day on set beforehand and they don't feel like talking today. They could feel really energized. They might be nervous. You know what I mean? So, so just the more you can be grounded in yourself and just interact <laughs> as a human being, the better it's going to go. Right. Can we, can we talk about, um, I mean, any of your, in any, what, matter of fact, what's the, what's the worst experience that you've ever had? Oh man. Um, there's been a few. I mean, I was in the indie world for a long time and I'm not saying this stuff doesn't happen on, uh, on, on union sets, but in the indie world, I mean, geez, I've been outside in a t-shirt rolling around in the snow and ice for nine hours to get this shot in the middle of January in Canada. So, you know, there's stuff like that that's happened. I've been up for 20 hours and then been fed raw chicken and got horrible food poisoning. Oh. Um, <laughs> there's like, there's, there's, there's so many stories, but you know what? They all chalk up to like a great memory afterwards. And sometimes right. the more intense the experience, the, the more it's kind of just burned in your into your memory and the more you bond with the people around you, you know? Right. Um, I, I, I noticed that, um, you, you've done, a, you've done some modeling as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. That. Well, modeling came later in my life and it's sort of been highlighted, uh, a, a lot recently. And some people have, you know, maybe it's a branding thing, but, people tend to think that I'm more of a model than an actor when in fact, the opposite is true. I've been, I've been in many more films than I've been on runways. And you know what? I actually thought not to, not, I'm sorry not yeah, to cut you that's off. That's fine. Uh, you thought I was a model too, right? I, I actually did. I actually did. How tall are you? I'm 5'11". I'm yeah. So modeling. What? Yeah. It's great for me. Like six foot. <laughs> I am like it's it's like if I'm in shoes and stuff, I'm six feet tall. But if I'm just like my if the doctor's measuring me, I'm five foot eleven. You know. Okay. But like <clears throat> I usually say six feet because I in shoes and stuff I am. Probably above average though. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Thank you. Above average <laughs> height. Um, but like you know, I I didn't even start modeling until I was twenty three or twenty four. And right. most models' careers are done by then. But, you know, I I don't know. I Overnight, I suddenly blossomed into the... I was always tall and always sort of pretty. But, you know, I always had a bit of extra weight on and my skin wasn't that great. I had really bad skin when I was a kid. Wait a minute. You said that you had a bit of extra weight on? Yeah, man. Wait. When I was like... Wait. I I don't know. Like, I went through periods. You know, when you're growing up, you go through periods of your body is just fluctuating. And right. I, I was big and tall for, you know, the big part, better yeah. part of my like late teens and into my early twenties. 
you know that kind of awkward period when you're living on your own and you don't know how to feed yourself or work out properly i don't know if anybody else has (laughs) experienced that but i went through that and i had really bad skin and i was uh and i was kind of chubby and nothing wrong with that i was happy but you know then i discovered the gym and eating well and kind of like my adult life started to kick in i was like oh suddenly i was a a model i just kind of found myself to be just through going to the gym and eating healthy models height and weight and and started doing it for a little while right i I mean you um you're definitely doing an amazing job i mean you look amazing thank you thank you um with how does it work like with um with with family and 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 friends or even when you're out and about um what's the what's the craziest fan experience you've ever had actually this is a really funny story because up until recently i still maintained a a part-time job and for a while i needed a really flexible job so i did like many actors i did catering (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I worked for an amazing company called The Butler Did It. And if anybody ever needs a flexible job, it can open a lot of doors for you. And it's a great company with a lot of great people. And I was at work one day, and I think I had been working like something stupid, like 12 hours already. And I was all frumpy and whatever, just over it, schlepping coffee around and clearing tables. And this girl comes up to me and looks me in the eyes. And then bursts into tears and i was like are you okay can i help you she's like you're you're ava right you're ava blackwell and i was like yeah she's like i saw you in figment in in a in a short film that i got i had done i got a lot of uh, a lot of exposure on uh on the festival circuit and it was a great story about the power of imagination and and a mother the bond between mother and daughter and it's a very heart-touching story. The script's amazing. She burst into tears, and she was like, it's, oh, my God, it's Ava. And then she's like, what are you doing? Why are you catering? Like, what are you doing here? What are you catering? And then she got sad, and then she just started freaking out. She was like, they had security had to come and take her away so that, like, because she was really? following me into the kitchen. Like, she was just excited, but then she was also confused as to why I was, wasn't, why I wasn't living in Hollywood in a penthouse apartment. You know what I mean? People don't understand that, like, you know, you can work as an actor for a long time and then you still got bills to pay if, like, if you're not on a set or whatever, you know? Right. How does, how, how, you know, I wanted to ask too. um, Yeah. How do, how do, how do they actually determine, um, how do they actually, actually determine? the salary um, gross of a particular actor. How, you know, the, guys, how, how, yeah, how does that work? Yes. Yeah, so for us, and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with SAG, for a lot of like different levels of roles, like we were talking about principal and recurring, they have something was called, what's, they have what's called a scale. So they have actress scale for different tiers of productions. So on, if, and that's, that's determined by the agreement with ACTRA, the union, um, in the States at SAG, and the production. And it's usually done, like, 
based on the budget for the film. So if the film's $5 million, it'll fall on this scale. If the film's $250 million, it'll fall on a different scale. Um, oh, okay. And then, okay. and it, like, not always. For, for actor roles and everything, it's usually the same. And then if it's going to be less, it has to be, the, you are compensated with points on the back end of a film. So when the film sells in theaters or whatever, you get a percentage back because you've lowered your rate technically does that make sense well, and sometimes yeah, that, that can that, work that. in your favor if it's a really good production and it does really really well you make less when you're filming but you make a lot more in residuals and then you have yeah what's called the buyout and all this other stuff so that's when your film they, they, they say we estimate that this commercial is going to make this much amount of money so we'll buy you out for this much or you can take your residuals ah got you so so basically um so an, so an actor can't come in, you know, off the cuff if they get uh, sent a script or whatever. I mean, I, I guess it depends on how big of a star that person is that they could just demand, hey, look, in order for me to do this film, um, I got to be paid X yeah, amount of dollars. Yeah, that's, that's another level. Like, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, I guess you could compare it to sports teams. You know, some players are going to be worth more than others and some some players have more room to negotiate than others just because of their track record of their audience draw, you know, all of those things. So, um, so basically a resume. Yeah. Your resume and your numbers. That's why, that's why it's important to keep track of like your numbers for audiences, which is a little bit easier these days with, uh, with social media and there's the IMDB star meter rating. I don't know if you ever go on those on actors IMDb's and you see a little graph in the corner that is either red or green. Mm. It's that's a pretty like that's a pretty industry related thing, but that's very important in the industry to see where that actor sits on the IMDb star meter ranking. And that's just wow. the amount of people visiting your page and the frequency like the the amount of traffic going through your page. Right. Okay. That makes sense. You'd be able to keep up with all with, with everything at that point. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It is good. But it's also like, oh, like if you're up for a role and you know, the other girl's up for a role too, and you're at like 40,000, but she's at 10,000, you're like, well, maybe she's going to get it. Like some, I've seen that happen in a room. Cause I, I worked in uh, casting at the beginning of my, uh, the beginning of my um, career. Uh, and I was in a room for an ABC TV series and they came down to two actresses and the director was so torn. He's a big director too. I'm not going to say his name because I don't think that would be wise, but big, a big director. And he loved both of the actresses and they were trying to decide which one. He was like, okay, just pull up their IMDb. And they pulled it up and they looked at their star meter rankings and one had a higher ranking. So they, uh, they went with her <laughs> like, oh man. Yeah, come down to that is just like man, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, but they ended up. I think they ended up finding another role for the other actress anyway. It just wasn't as big, right? So that's a good thing. Do you have any? Um, you have any sisters and brothers? Or yeah, I'm the oldest of four kids. I'm a very proud older sister to Mackenzie and Amy and Austin. And they hey guys, yo yo, what's up, guys? Hi. I miss you. I'm I'm far away from both all three of them. My Amy and Austin are in Halifax with my dad in Halifax, Nova Scotia. They just moved there. It's the east coast of Canada. And my sister Mick is in uh, southern Alberta. 
Oh, gotcha. You guys are you guys are really close. We are really close, like emotionally and and mentally, but physically, we're very far away. We're like, uh, we're like kind of basically New York to LA, far away. And then uh, the other guys were like, I mean, like a two-hour plane ride away from. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys get like, um, what are some of the perks from? working on a project and completing a project what are some of the perks like i know like you know with with athletes and different stuff like that or whatever they they might be you know they might can get a few tickets or they might get you know what are some of the perks um at yeah. the level that well, right now that's that's a great question and again it's different for every production um it depends on what you're doing like if you're doing a tv series there's going to be different perks than you know, if you're doing a, a feature film, but I mean, normally you get to go to cool festivals that the films are in, or there's, there's great parties during film festivals that you're invited to. Um, I get sent a lot of free stuff. Like, fortunately, I, I just found myself at that level where people are starting to reach out to me and like wanting to send me stuff, which is amazing. Like, I'm so grateful for all of that stuff. I never thought that day would come. But yeah, like when people want you to start wearing their brands and want you, it's it's, a, it's also a responsibility. Like when I leave the house and somebody sent me something, I've got to make sure that I'm conducting myself in a way that, you know, they wouldn't want a picture of me doing something while wearing their brand, you know, um, wow. doing something silly. So it's funny how it, it, it kind of shapes your world and your behavior a little bit, but uh, um so that's cool getting cool stuff getting to be on cool podcasts with people like yourself um i appreciate that yeah for sure i love doing this this is so much fun i'm really enjoying this um so do you think that um what what do you think that what do you think that it gets to a certain point to where um people kind of like change who they are as a person do, do you think like the stardom and, and and being in hollywood and all that stuff kind of shapes them into a different type of person if they're not mentally grounded like what do you think like causes that like well yeah well it's a it's a really intense experience and i i mean i've experienced a little bit of it and i'm starting to experience more of it and i've had friends that have gone through basically the whole gamut of it And the thing you have to realize is that there's no script. Like there's no team of people being like, okay, this is your next step. And then this is what you do. And your, your success is never guaranteed. Right. Right. So we, we kind of look at these celebrities and just think like, Oh, well they were on their way there and that path was laid out for them and that track was happening, but that's not the way it works. Like you're kind of, one minute you are the center of everything and the most important thing on, on set and in that show's world. And one, one moment you're like being treated like a God basically without really asking for it, just by being placed in that, that position because of a decision that some people made because they liked your performance and they're getting you water and chairs and whatever you want, like making sure you're okay. And then the next that's all over and you're back to real life and you're kind of like as you're transitioning and as you're growing you're kind of you're back in your apartment and you're doing your laundry and 
you know, nobody really cares who you are on the street and that can do something to a person. I mean, it, 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 when I'm, when I'm experiencing that treatment on set, I, I also try to understand that people are doing their job and it's their job to make sure that I'm well taken care of. And yes, they actually do care, but they're also being paid to care. Does that make sense? Yeah, that make a lot of sense. And it's, it's their job and it's my job to stay grounded and give a good performance and then go home at the end of the day and make sure I'm mentally okay with what's going through my mind and in my world and my actual home and make sure that I'm grounded enough to be able to bring those performances again. And I think it, if, if it can be kind of topsy turvy, like it's, it's, it's a strange, weird interaction with people that you don't really get anywhere else in the world or in your life. And it can be a little bit addicting, but it also does make you sort of, uh, check your intentions as to why you got into this in the first place. Did you get into this in the first place in order to chase the fame, in order to have that treatment from people? Well, if so, then what's missing in your life and in your own being? Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think that, um, do you think that, and, and I'm asking like uh, from personal experience, um, do you feel, ha- has it ever been, hard from you to disconnect from a character oh yeah for sure i mean uh the one i was talking about figment um diana i did a lot it was a short film but i put so much work into that character just because there's something i think it was just a a good time in my life to have a character like that and we just i just latched into her and there was something she she was a Diana is a character that gets abducted by her husband and locked in a basement. Is locked in his basement and tortured. It's not a very happy story, but it has a happy ending. So I got really into all of that. Like I just went down the rabbit hole of all of that kind of research and all of that stuff. And I was going through a bad breakup too at the time. And it took me a good like two or three months to just really get out of that headspace um yeah it it did truthfully and i didn't really understand that that was what was the issue at the time it's only looking back on it now i'm like wow that that really imprinted my life that much and um when you are repeating it just being an actor it really makes me understand how the law of attraction actually works. If I'm sitting here and writing character descriptions about myself saying, I'm so sad. I'm so depressed. Like all of the stuff that starts to kind of cultivate. And I'm, and I'm watching these videos and doing this research on all these horrible things that have happened to humanity. That's kind right. of the mood. It, it's pervasive in your life. Right. Right. So, and vice versa, when you get a character that's really happy and really cool and really bubbly, that kind of gets attracted into your life because it's it you, wherever you put your attention, that's what gathers around you. So, right. I mean, it's important if you have a character that is sad or whatever. It's really important that you, for me at least, that I have infrastructure set up in my life to the, to say like okay this time for research is done now now it's time to focus on something really great and get myself around good people so that i can separate the two wow you um what what's the um 
Have you ever used use your stardom to get out of something? <laughs> no, I haven't. Um, I don't think I'm a big enough star like to be able to do that. Um, and if I even if I was, I don't think I would like. So you wouldn't use it to, to, let's just say you get pulled over by an officer or something like that. Or oh whatever. my God. No, never. I would, I would be like, please don't look up who I am. It would be the opposite. I'd be like, <laughs> like, you know, I don't want that out there. If I got pulled right. out by an officer pulled over. Um, no, I think you got to be accountable for your actions and it's all too easy to start saying, do you know who I am? But then like you realize like when I'm not, I'm, I'm truthfully like, I'm not really anybody. I'm a small fish in this giant pond of life in, in the world. And what makes me more important than anybody else, the fact that I have a few more followers on social media or that I've like laid down a performance on tape, like what, why should I be able to use that to get out of anything? You know? Right. To me, that right. just seems like a karmatic cop out. That's going to come back later and bite you in the bum. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I, I definitely get it. Uh, but I, I definitely, if I had an opportunity uh, and I was in a crunch and somebody, uh, the officer recognized me and the whole dynamics of the situation changed, I think I would roll with. Uh, <laughs> well, there's a difference with that with rolling with it. I mean, if the officer recognized me and was like, I wouldn't be like, no, you should give me a ticket now. Like, I definitely roll with it and be like, oh, nice, nice. Glad you like it. And if then if he like forgets to give me a ticket because we had such a nice conversation, fine. But like, you know, I'm not going to be like, do you know who I am? I'm Ava Blackwell, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I, def I definitely get it. I definitely get it. I definitely do. Um, now, have have um, what's your what 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 does Ava Blackwell like to to eat? What's your favorite food? What do I like to eat? Oh my god, I love avocados. I'm such a millennial. I could have avocado toast every day. Um, is that what you're asking me, or am I just hungry? You are asking me what I like to eat. <laughs> just like you know, if you had a favorite uh, uh, a favorite food or. Wow, it's so hard. I don't know if you know this about Toronto, but it's like booming in the food industry right now. Like just restaurants, we are so spoiled for choice and there's so much great cuisine here right now. I love um, ceviche. I'm such a sucker for Peruvian ceviche. I love avocados. I love uh, quinoa. Oh my God, there's a joke in any restaurant I ever worked in, and I worked in a lot like, to get to this point, like the kitchen, if there's any ever, ever any quinoa or avocados left over, they just put it in a bag with Ava's name on it. And I was able to say, <laughs> I was like, that's for Ava. Don't touch it. That's Ava's quinoa. Wow. Yeah. I love quinoa and avocados. What is, it, what is it actually for the listeners? What is what? What is it actually for, for the listeners? I know what it, it is. It is yeah. magic in a grain, man. It's, um, it's it's a complex carbohydrate, but some people also think it's a, it's a protein and it has all seven essential amino acids in it and it tastes delicious and you can mix it with anything. You can make it sweet. You can make it savory. You can put it in soup. You can use it as a replacement for rice. You can, And it's not like it, you don't get fat from eating quinoa. Like it's not like it's not like rice. It's not a carb. It's not a starchy carb. 
and right. it just fills you up in a different way and it nourishes your body i don't know whenever i eat it my body's just so happy same with avocados and kale <laughs> wow i know so, it's such a model answer but i eat it because i like it not because i have to like i actually genuinely like that food and then if i'm feeling like being incredibly indulgent i love eggplant parmigiana i love it so much and i could eat that stuff by the pound right which isn't hard to do because it's so delicious so um with with your with with your busy schedule and um everything everything all the wonderful things that you have going on in your life um is there any space in there for um for a love life or yeah i've been with a wonderful man that i love very much for the last three years awesome yeah his name's jeremy and he's been an incredible support in my life i mean yeah we have been through a lot together a lot of incredible, incredible experiences. And he's, um, he's not in the industry. He's an architectural designer, a very talented one. And he's able to offer such a different perspective in my life uh, for everything. Like he's, un- he's an incredibly exuberant person with a lot of great life experience. And I just love him as a human being. He's an incredible support. So yeah. He's not in the film industry at all. No, he was in the music industry for a little while. And he's oh, really? Good, yeah, he's a very talented singer. Um, and he's, he's, a, he's a really talented musician as well. He had a, a great band for a, a while. And uh, we go to karaoke every day at night. He loves karaoke. He has a cult following at karaoke. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, be on the show. Yeah, you should have him on the show, man. He's he you you want to talk about a great interview. Jeremy is an amazing. He gives an amazing interview. I definitely we definitely got to talk about that off off the record. Uh, yeah, yeah, off the record. Let's talk about it. I want to get him on. So if you if 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 you had anything that um you could say to your fans, that you could say to our listeners or anybody that's um even even thinking about how to even get in the business or or they are inspiring to to be an actor or a model or a stunt professional what would be um some words that 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 you could share with them oh yeah that's great i would say stay as grounded as you can and continually work on grounding yourself into your own body and into your own being and this industry like any industry is all about people just be a pleasure to work with enjoy meeting other people enjoy the process find the best people you can in the industry and get them to mentor you however you can work with them and don't ever feel like you're too big for anything do some background work check it out and and grow like Know your worth, but never feel like you're too big for anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I know this industry, like many other artistic industries, can be full of illusions. So I would really caution everybody to go at it with an open heart, but try to see things through the lens of what they really are rather than what you want them to be. 
because you'll get a lot farther and you'll get what you want it to be by looking at things honestly. Wow. Great answer. Great. That was a, if you can name um, three, three people in the industry, whether it be actor, stunt person, or director, whomever that has influenced your career tremendously, who would those three people be? Oh, that would be Nancy Bishop. She's, she gave me my start in the industry after, um, after Prague Film School, she chaired it. She's a wonderful woman. She's a very talented casting director. And a lot of people don't know this, but she's a great actor. I've seen her act in many things and she's phenomenal. Hi, Nancy. Uh, Hi, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Uh, uh, my wonderful agent, Emily Klama. We have a newer relationship, but she has just done wonders for my career. She's uh with Amanda Rosenthal. And I also have a great agent in Montreal that I work with. His name is Costa. Hi, Costa. And I am, hi, Costa. Um, there's a lot of people. I mean, one guy that I, that has really shaped my career and put me on a great track is uh, Steve Wilshire. I'm forever grateful for all of the advice and attention and mentorship he's given me with, and his TAs and his team. Um, I mean, I could go. I feel. I feel like I'm accepting an Academy Award right now. I'm like, I'd like to thank everybody. Right, right. Well, thank everybody. Then I just, I mean, sum it up and, and kind of thank them all in in one thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, so that way, I mean, feel this this question really goes back to what I was saying before. This this industry is all about people. There's no map for success here, and it is about people helping people. You know. So, like, just thank you to anybody who's ever extended themselves to help me in any sort of way and mentorship and a nod and, you know, even scooting me off of one path and onto another. Sometimes people saying no to you is the best thing they can say to put you on the right path, you know? I agree with you with that. Yeah. Do you think that, um, do you think that, engaging with um oh but let me ask you this are are you are you the type that engages with with your um your fans online or are you one of the types that you know you know it's several well, that's a bunch of people out there that um don't really I, I i guess what i'm trying to say is are you the type of person who don't respond to the fans because I, I still think that even though you, you know, you, you're big in your career or you can be this, this mega superstar or whatever, I know that you can't respond to every fan or whatever, but I think that it is important to at least do a mass text or something like that to just thank people who actually taking the time to go into your, your, your post or whatever, and just tell you how beautiful it was or they like this or whatever. I just think that you shouldn't get that big tonight feel like you can't respond even if somebody's paid to respond for you yeah of course I mean it's a big priority for me and I'm so grateful to everybody who reaches out to support me and 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 tell it like takes the time out of their day to tell me that they love love me or think I'm wonderful I mean that's the that's an amazing part of the privilege of being in this industry right and I do my best to respond to people and I can't get to everybody. I wish I could. I wish I had enough time in the day to just sit there and respond to everybody like 
thoughtfully because I'm, I'm always thinking, you know, sometimes people just comment on things and I see it and I haven't had time to respond, but I'm thinking about it. You know what I mean? I'm like, like, right. I'm like, I want to get back to that person. I try and do it as, as quickly as I can, but you know, I, I do my best and that's why I put stuff on my story and I do my live streams and try to chat with people as much as I can on my live streams on uh, peaks.com. It's a, it's a live streaming app and I have a wonderful fan base there and we chat almost every night. And, uh, you know, on my Instagram, I try to respond to all the messages, but unfortunately I get so many, I just can't. And I'm not, a, I'm fortunately, as soon as I have enough money, one of the things I'm doing is, hiring an assistant and having them respond to people thoughtfully and right. help the ones that like, you know, cause there are ones that are more thoughtful than others. You know what I mean? Some people just want to say, Hey, but some people have like a deeper story, you know, and yeah. I want to be able to catch all those and make sure that those people know that they're really loved and cared for, you know? Right. That's, that's amazing. And, um, if anybody wanted to, um, connect with you or reach out to you in any type of way or whatever could you um could you give your fans and the listeners your um your social platforms and ways yeah absolutely so on instagram that's usually the best way to hit me up it's at ava a v a a h underscore blackwell b l a c k w e l l (laughs) my first name's like you're screaming at the end just remember lots of a's like you're screaming (laughs) ava And um, Facebook, same thing. Artist page is Ava Blackwell, A-V-A-A-H-B-L-A-C-K-W-E-L-L. I'm on Peaks uh, Social as Ava Blackwell. You can catch my live streams there. That's kind of the most intimate time that we'll have together because I'm doing a lot of live streaming. And uh, I'm I'm not really ever on Twitter. So if I don't respond to you on Twitter, I'm sorry. I don't even have it on my phone. I meant to deactivate my account. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You can check out my website and IMDb page too if you're interested to learn a little bit more about my career and what I do. And just let me know if you have questions and I'll do my best to answer. Well, Ava, I just want to just um, thank you again uh, for me and um, my staff, the Vibe team. We just want to just thank you so much for taking time out to share and spend time with us and drop so many jewels about the entertainment business. And I just want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Oh, thank you so much. And it's been, I mean, it's been nothing but an absolute pleasure to just go through this process with you from start to finish. So thank you so much for having me. And thank you for giving me this beautiful platform to talk to people on and your time and your energy and your attention and focus. Thank you so much. You're very much welcome. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with Kano the Don and the lovely Ava Blackwell. We out.